goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to Iveam, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. Iveam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessibility programs. Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Plus Size Podcast. I don't know what it's going to be called yet, but I'll let you know, and you'll know soon, because there will be a title by the time this gets published. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Welcome, welcome. I can't believe we're in season welcome two. I can't even believe it. No. Season two. It's crazy. I can, but like, I can't. I can. I mean, we've been like, rolling. We've so much. We've been so rolling. Hard. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a little bit, I'm kind of a believer though, that we don't necessarily need to do our intros as deep now, because if like they're on yeah. season two with us, they probably know who we are. <laughs> do you know? We'll just make it quick. We'll just make it quick. Yeah. But hey, uh, my name is Kim. If you don't know, and this is a podcast that came out of the uh, TikTok community for people that take GLP ones for various reasons, because there are so many plus sads. That's where it came from. Clever, no? <laughs> <laughs> and the Z, the Z is a play on plus size. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. The Z. <laughs> anyway, we're glad to have you. Um, we are trying to elevate the conversation um, so that people know more about these medications. Um, we're trying to remove, it's a big job, the stigma around uh, obesity, especially treating it medically. Uh, we want more affordable uh, access of these medications and more access in general uh, for okay. all, for everybody. That's what we're fighting for. We don't really know what we're doing, but we know if we're not quiet and we keep talking about it, that things will change and we're already seeing it happen. We're already seeing it happen. I don't know what we're doing. We're just going to keep talking about it, see how it goes. But my name's Kim. I um, have been on all of them because step therapy and insurance. Um, and I am now I'm in a jar of less 75 pounds. My life has completely changed. Um, I used to suffer with um, obsessive anxiety that was debilitating. And I was just kind of faking it and not letting people see it as much as possible. And it turned off like a switch. When I took these medications, as did the food noise, my life is completely different. I have a completely different lifestyle, um, and it's and I can't not talk about it. I wake up every day at 43 years old feeling like excited about my life again. I don't think I've ever been this excited about my life, and okay. that is a miracle. That is miraculous. I don't care. So this is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, evangelism. Because <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm sorry, but when you're sick forever and then you're not sick anymore, you can't help but talk about it every chance you get. At least that's me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to be better, though, because like I am noticing that um, just, you know, this is tangent, but I'm noticing that like it's sort of like politics. Like if I go to every event, like with family and friends and I'm talking about GOP ones, it's like people that can't like stop talking about politics, like in situations like that. So I'm kind of learning like when to chill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because you get real passionate about something and you just want everybody to know that you got the spirit, you know? And so <laughs> it's very hard not to. So I'm learning like it when we were at our friend's shower, our baby shower and, and people were asking me and I knew they were asking me because they knew Kat. Uh, about the oh. podcast and about Rosie and all the things. And I was just like, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. <laughs> what have you been up to? Mm. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning about when to, when to evangelize and when to chill out. So yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, hey, that was tangent. That was, that was a cat tangent. Can- it's a cat delicate balance. Yeah. It is. It is. So um, speaking of cat, um, cat, everything still hurts Carter. Still hurts. I, I feel you? like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm on a trend the last two weeks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, God. That's true. <laughs> you are. You've been hustling um, on both ends. Like, really have. Well, yeah. And and what the reason why everything hurts um, cause I'm pretty yeah. sure you all know I'm on Manjiro. I say, I'm going to say, yeah. just say it like that because well, yeah, you know, Western twang. Yeah. I can <laughs> That's say that Midwesterner coming out. Yeah. You know, right. Manjiro. Yeah. Yeah. So this weekend I went to a arts and fashion gala mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to wear some sparkly fly sneakers because I'm a woman of age and this is fashion. This is downtown Atlanta. Everybody um, is on some, and I saw a lot of weird outfits and ensembles, cool. but my both my husband and my girlfriends all vetoed the sneaker idea. So I wore torturous mm-hmm. little heels. And then we um, did not realize that I'd have to stand in not listen, I didn't have well, we had to walk all over and stand everywhere to we because we were early and things never start on time in Atlanta. No. So we're gonna stand our pumps. Um, only three inch heels, but then, um, this was my choice. I had to stand in line for about 45 minutes to get a glass of wine. Of course. And I didn't get the wine. Minutes. I didn't get the wine. I mean, does that shock you? No. I I mean, I didn't get the wine. We got to get ushered in to get into the dining area. And that took a long time as well. And you know what? It was a fantastic event. It was just me wearing high heels. I should have worn sneakers. The reason why I say all this is because the next morning at 7 a.m. was my practice ride to do a three-hour ride to hit 50 miles on the bike. So about half an hour left of the ride, my feet and my legs just went to tingling. They were numb from standing on pumps all night. I should have gone with my gut and worn my dang sneakers. I'm so tired. I agree. I feel like sneakers are so fly. And, and, and I recognize that I just said fly and that's super old, but I just think they are, especially fly. Yeah. There was so much like sneaker, like, um, that was so art. I love it. People just, you know, extravagant, just wear whatever. Everything was just, it's, it's fashion. You know, yeah. so I should have worn some sneaks. I've My, never been into fashion and now I'm like super into it. I'm super into it now. Let me tell you, this thing right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I broke out my foot. <laughs> and I was massaging them all day today, making sure they are listening. Clean. Our listening audience. Oh, uh, Kat has <laughs> a one of those massaging muscle, gun things. Massaging gun. Yeah, is that what you call it? I mean, it is like a arch of my foot yeah. all day today. Yeah. Oh I'm still tired. I'm well, still I get it. Well, thank you for being <laughs> here and being fabulous and donating your time to help other people learn. We appreciate it so much. And of course, bring all the fun and the humor and the charisma. Although <laughs> I guess there's a little bit of space from for JT for some charisma, you know. Of course. Like I feel like we got a good thing. Charisma, JT. Come on, evangelize. How are you? What you doing? Who you at? Wait, what's up? Tell me who you are. Speaking of, before we do that, <laughs> water check. Water oh. check. <laughs> Have you seen these? <laughs> Quick commercial spot. <laughs> these MJ, if you don't know, listening audiences. <laughs> It's these Manjaro. are our Manjaro, Manjaro, Manjaro Stanley's, and we're all doing 10 milligrams. I bet, this, I bet this will be my uh, 
maintenance dose. I bet this is my guess. I'm guessing. I'm wondering. And I don't know. You know Maybe. what that? That is a good question of the week of like, yeah, what do you think your maintenance dose will be? Ooh. I don't know. We need to ask our special guest about that. I, I, I would love to know in general what she thinks about this. Because it's crazy. And she's been doing it. She's been prescribing forever. So I'm uh, super curious. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's been doing a whole lot of like just the best things forever. And yeah. And I just like female fan out like whenever I talk yeah, to she's her. The best. So, yeah. um, but I am Janine. I'm the Janine. The E. The E. Because the world can only take one. You need you know two E. The E, Janine. T-H-E-E. On all socials. And yeah. um, my birthday is in two days. I'll be 51 years old. Gosh. And, and you yeah. look 41. And, and it pisses me you. off. <laughs> Sorry, I love you, but sometimes I just get jealous of how pretty you are. You're like, mm, oh, nice. oh, thank you. But no. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I love you, but, but still. Look, look, love you, but yeah. mm -hmm. I am, I, I have type 2 diabetes. I also have Sjogren's syndrome, which kind of mirrors lupus. You can Google it. But uh, I am in my uh, glow up and soft girl era. And um, I'm not doing a whole lot. Look, no. Look, working out. I love cat. God knows I do. And I cat. will go to one. You know what? I will do cycling. You but, still haven't gone to that class yet. She will. You still, you're gonna have She's to gonna go. Come. There'll be beautiful things from that. Look, but yeah. I'm in my soft girl era. I am in my glow up era, and yeah. that's where I am. And I take Moonjaro. Don't <laughs> <laughs> even do it. Moonjaro. 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 So we're, gonna, we're pissing Eli Lilly off all the way too. around there. I They'll take survive. it too. And it's changed my life. And I look at my life from last year this time to now. I just feel like I I already have the best gift. People are like, well, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, love, my birthday and Christmas have already came. So yeah, right. you don't even have to worry about it because <laughs> I have a new lease on life. So yeah, totally. So true. Great. Well, we're so happy to have you. Um, for again, for those of us who don't know, oh, before I forgot to mention, if you're interested in these little water bottles, there is a coupon code with podcast 10 and it's in the description. It's in all the things in our link trees and TikTok. It is. And I will post it in this, in the show notes of this episode, podcast 10 gets you $10 off and a portion of the sale goes to help the podcast, which is good. Yay. Cause believe it or not, paid marketing, it costs. And this helps because we're trying to get as loud as possible. as possible. So anything you can do to help us do that is very much appreciated. Anyway, so we're going to talk about all the things today. And we're super glad that you're here. And I don't know what I'm going to title it yet again, but we'll figure it out. Let's just see how the magic works out. You know, let's just see what magic comes from this because hard conversations, beautiful things can come from those conversations. So we hope you're here to learn and here to love and here to heal. Hallelujah. We're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I'll explain that later. 
<laughs> and um, our we have a community guest usually almost on every episode we're going to have a community guest that comes on to share their story to share their testimonial because how can you not right um and what their experience is now and like sometimes when people ask me like how should i how should i do this and i'm like well what do you want other people to hear because right. i get a message every episode from someone that goes that sounds like me i'm gonna go see my doctor and that is some magic stuff right there. That's sure, some magic yes, stuff. Indeed. So yeah. So and, and then I started thinking, well, think about the beginning, middle, and end. And then I went, there is no end. It's the beginning, middle, and current state, right? So from now on, that's what that's what you're gonna hear is people just unburdening and feeling better. And we are here to learn and to heal together. And without further ado. I have I have a normal a normie a I, I felt you're a normie I, felt, I, I know I felt so out of the loop because I just have a normie <laughs> that's why just because I'm I'm not on the name brands right <laughs> oh please no that doesn't matter that doesn't matter how are you guys Good. We're we so glad fine. to have you here. How are, How you? are you feeling? I know it's like kind of crazy, really? but <laughs> surprisingly, really good. Um, good. It's been it's been a crazy past couple of months, but I'm I it couldn't be better. Honestly, yeah. Um, it's hard for me, I think, sometimes to emotionally wrap my head around where sure. I currently am because I was not where I currently am for so long. So the act of getting back to my normal has been. Yeah really transformative. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. It's interesting because people have different experiences. Like for example, and we'll talk more about it, but like Kat and I, you know, we've always dealt with like weight and, and things like that. So I don't really have a back to normal. So I just, I don't know where we're going. Mm -hmm. I don't know where we're headed. I don't know, but Uncharted then we have people territory. like you and JT, right? Who didn't have issues until later in life for various mm -hmm. reasons, which you'll share with us. And then it's like, what what is it like to be back to normal? So I would love if you could tell us a little bit about that and expand on that for us. Of course. And if you so, see me moving around, it's because I have Manjaro butt. I, <laughs> I love how you said Manjaro. I did. It's the Manjaro. It's I, I'm working on it though. I'm doing clenches, not during this episode, <laughs> but I got a pillow. I got a pillow like journey. You so all, if you see me wiggling, that's what it is. You all feel my pain now. Remember, I do literally I said this feel your three pain. Three months ago, I said <laughs> that I had it three months ago, and everybody yeah. laughed at me. It's here. That's okay. Guess I'm doing. I'm doing the work. Guess who's not in pain? No, you. You got your booty. My feet yeah. are in pain. <laughs> all right. But all then, right. I just have to. I just have to. Me personally, I'm worried about like my back. It's yeah. so interesting. So. Um, I threw out my back a couple years ago working out when I was at closer to my heaviest. And as oh, I've yeah. continued to lose weight, my back pain has actually gotten worse. And oh. it's surprising. And I think it's mostly because I have not lost anything from this quadrant. Whereas oh, so the rest of my it. body can't support it. Right. And now lately, the last couple, like the last 10 pounds I have noticed yeah. a difference. So my back isn't hurting as bad, but it's, it's weird how things can, even when you're doing better, things can get so much worse. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. Like the butt. Exactly. <laughs> like the butt. Yeah. I, I can completely relate with the back thing that will change your life. That's at the first sure I gained a solid 30 pounds when I hurt my back. It is awful. I hope you're feeling better. 
I am. I hope you yeah. am. <laughs> I'm working, on, I'm working yes. on my core more. I'm working yeah, on my core. Yeah, it is. So, so I think that'll is. help. Yeah, and butt clenches. This will <laughs> anyway, hey. yeah. we'll just clench the whole episode. We like Ashley. We discord with Ashley. So <laughs> we're just kind of hanging. But um, Ashley, one of our things here is that we really want you to tell your story unfiltered and uncut because we feel like the media really does um, take these stories and chop them down and I think remove a lot of the magic and the specialness about these life-changing medications. And right. so we're not going to interrupt you and we're just going to let you say what you need to say. So the floor is yours. The space is yours. Please take it. Awesome. Well, yeah. hi, I'm Ashley, aka Bostonance. I uh, am 32 years old, and I was diagnosed with PCOS uh, back in 2017. Um, a little bit about my entire life. I was an athlete. I played competitive basketball for over a decade. Um, I did runway modeling for um, LA Fashion Week. I was definitely a petite size zero to girl up until... Um, probably once I started living on my own, I gained a little bit more weight. I wasn't so focused on, you know, being so svelte. I actually wanted to be strong. Um, but then in 2016, I decided to get off of birth control because me and my husband were getting married in 2016. I was like, you know, this seems like such a preparatory a step to getting married. Yeah. Let's get off birth control. Let's get your body normal again. Um, well, my body did not get normal. It decided that it was going to gain over 60 pounds in less than nine months leading up to my wedding. Um, literally the day before my wedding, my mom had to take my dress to a seamstress to get it let out because it did not fit from my fitting two weeks prior. Oh my goodness. It was traumatizing. Um, I've, yeah. I've kind of taken that moment back though. Cause, uh, I just filmed a video two days ago of me trying on my wedding dress for the first time since losing 105 pounds. And wow. it was insane. It like, didn't even stay on. I had oh my to, God. I haven't even seen it. Is it on TikTok? <laughs> it oh. Is on TikTok. oh, I can't believe I haven't seen yeah, it. An algorithm just takes all the good no, stuff. You know, I'll find you know, it. I'll search ever, ever since, uh, the good old banana gate of 2023, the, the algorithm has not shown me any of my friends. So no. <laughs> I, right? see I don't, I I don't see Jernine and Kat. Like it's crazy. I have to go I, to Kat's and Jernine stuff. I, it's crazy. So it was funny, Jernine, I was actually thinking about you earlier because I was like, I wonder if Jernine's okay because she hasn't sent her video, but I know she said she was busy the next couple of weeks. So I'm not worried. Like yeah. I was worried, but I also hadn't seen you yeah. on TikTok. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to talk to her tonight. So yeah, yeah I'll Hey, confirm hey, life. Hey, confirm did, life. Did you get your video? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but, um, no pressure. Yep. You're good. No, no, You're no. good. But, no, no, no. But it's, so it's true, the though. same thing. Like, I see Kim maybe sometimes. I see yeah. Kat sometimes. Ashley, I don't see half as much as I used to. Like, I hardly ever see Ashley. Pop up. Yeah. And ever since the great banana. Yeah, and I don't know. Like Rachel is literally like a bestie, and I and every you know what I see. I see your TikTok shop because we go to a TikTok shop, and that's it. You know, people may not know. So if you, we have a lot of people who don't are on TikTok listening to the show now. <laughs> if you don't know about TikTok, um, so we all like met there, connect there, canoodled, and mm -hmm. um, we we call it the banana because if you say ban on TikTok, I don't know, like I don't know, it's like a catchword. I'm sure they know that banana it is like one now too, <laughs> but we call it banana, and they made some significant changes this is what they say to the community guidelines and a whole bunch of creators got banana aka banned 
um, like on one night in July, like over the holiday weekend. It was a holiday. It was holiday and it, there was ago. no rhyme or reason why it happened. They were just completely banned. They could not, they were, everybody had to go and like fight with legal and like put all these tickets in. And we were trying to get through because they hadn't done anything wrong. And a lot of us feel very much censored now on TikTok. Um, and we're, I'm hoping here on the podcast, we're just going to let it all hang out. Um, yeah. because it's bull that we can't, it's, I don't know what it is and it's not everybody. There are still people out there who can do injection day videos. There are still people out there that can do all these things. But for those of you that don't know, when we talk about the gray banana, that is what we were talking about. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. we were talking about censorship and it being awful. <laughs> so, yeah, and why we don't see to the algorithm be broken. So. <laughs> See, Ashley, I told you I was going to interrupt you. Really right. easy to talk I'm, to you. I'm cool with it. I like, I like, I like the interjection. That's actually how I like to have conversations in real life. So it's cool. That's um, good because we talk a lot here. <laughs> so, uh, got married at my highest weight ever. I was 235 pounds. Uh, I have before. If you go on my Instagram, same oh, over here. Yeah. Uh, same, <laughs> handle. <laughs> same handle. You can actually see um, my wedding day versus yesterday or two days ago. Um, and you can see the huge difference. So, um, went to doctors because obviously I was in the sweating for the wedding and I know how to be thin or fit and, you know, things like that. I was doing the same behaviors and they just kept telling me, nope, you're eating too much and you're not working out enough. You're doing Mm -hmm. all these things. And I'm like, I'm I'm showing you my fitness pal because I am a huge believer in documenting and, um, basically called me a liar. And then in um, 2017, trigger warning, I had a miscarriage in, um, in June of, or like summer of 2017. And it wasn't until I had that, uh, that they were able to actually tell me that I had PCOS. So my testosterone was like three times higher than it should have been. My ovaries were completely cystic. It looked like, like bubble wrap in there. Um, and I kind of had two choices, whether I, you know, do fertility treatments just to get pregnant and then kind of heal later or heal and then try and do fertility treatments, you know, down the line, I decided just to do the fertility treatment, get pregnant and deal with it later. So got very lucky, only had to do one round, had my son got to the highest weight I have ever been 315 pounds the day I delivered. However, we'll disclaim my son was 10 pounds, six ounces. He was a good portion of that. <laughs> sure. Um, all the stuff that's around him. So yeah. <laughs> um, at least 50 to 20 pounds. That was all that baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I was very lucky. Didn't have, you know, gestational diabetes. Like they told me yeah. I would didn't have high blood pressure. Like they told me I would, I was yeah. very healthy because I'm not an unhealthy person. And I think that that's the biggest misconception with being obese or overweight is that they think Mm -hmm. that you're unhealthy. My, my blood sugar, my blood pressure, my, my charting, except for my hormones, everything was, you know, of a healthy person. Um, So after I had my son, I saw that Weight Watchers had a breastfeeding program. So I decided to do the Weight Watchers breastfeeding program. It was they promoted do. in a couple of my mom. Put your face, Kim. Yes, they do. They've been had they that. They do. And so I was able to get Fix down. your face. <laughs> hey, I have, I have feelings about Weight Watchers. Don't worry. But I did it and I got down to like my pre-baby, which was 235, 240 before. And then um, pandemic happened my uh my pharmacy was out of my birth control for a week and in that week that i didn't have my birth control i gained 14 pounds that's crazy it's and it just always the opposite way right and it just been 
kept, you usually gain weight. On I know. It. And I it just kept compounding. And I have tried to get off birth control before. And every single time I try, I will gain five to 10 pounds wow. in, in just a very short period of time. Um, and so I got up to 283 pounds, had my rock bottom moment at SeaWorld, where in which I wasn't able, I was almost not able to get on a ride. And I was like, I got to fix this. So I went to a clinic and, you know, obviously was hustled center me as a weight loss clinic does. Yeah. Um, knowing, knowing now hindsight's always 2020, right? You know more now, yeah. uh, especially since getting on GLP one, that that was probably the worst thing for my PCOS that I could have done. Yeah. Um, and that clinic told me about GLP one medication. They sent me, gave me a pamphlet, didn't really know much about it. Uh, went on Reddit, saw some information, went on TikTok. There was maybe three or four creators at that point talking about GLP one medications. I, I really didn't have like a baseline. Um, so I decided, you know, let's do it. What do I have to lose at this point? I had actually scheduled a consultation in November for a gastric surgeon to get gastric sleeve or gastric bypass. And I was like, if I don't see movement between now and November taking this, then I will just proceed with gastric bypass or gastric sleeve. Um, and here we are, I'm we are. 105 pounds down a year and 14 months later. Uh, and I have been off birth control now for three weeks and have not gained one pound. Awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel great. Like, uh, I didn't realize, I guess how much mentally birth control was bogging me down. Like it was yeah. slowing me down. Um, and now that I'm off it, I feel like I'm back in pace. Um, I have definitely more cognition more energy, everything like that. But I attribute a lot of that to GLP one medication. Um, sure. you know, it treated my PCOS. My testosterone is non-existent, mostly because of birth control. Uh, GLP-1 probably didn't help it, right? But I'm interested to see what my blood work looks like in about three months to see how my testosterone has balanced out. Um, but, you know, as someone who has diabetes that does run in their family, being overweight was just never a healthy option, especially with PCOS. Um, and, and, you know, truly being I, my rock bottom was if I'm not living for my son who is living for him like I am his mom I need to be here long term for him I need to be the one you know to care and if I'm not caring for me how can I care for him totally and so yeah. that you know I, I feel like the rock bottom revelation uh was really what jumps out of it uh I've started I actually joined a gym and started doing small group personal training three months before getting on GLP-1 medication to start kind of having a routine um, just to show the big difference of before GLP-1 and after GLP-1. I joined that gym in May. I started GLP-1 in August. From May 1st to August 1st, I had lost six pounds. And mm -hmm. that's basically me, the, the 1,200 calories a day, Mm -hmm. the, the gym, you know, once, if not twice, six pounds. Now yeah. on GLP one, six pounds is like a month doing the exact same thing, but having the freedom to eat intuitively and not yeah. feeling like I have to restrict myself from things that I enjoy for the sake of calories in calories out, because it never mm -hmm. was about calories and calories out. It was always about how my body was processing the calories and coming in and distributing on their way out. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. God, I can't even imagine what that must be like to lose hundred pounds. Like I know I've lost 75 and that seems like a lot and I, but I have lost that before. So like anything more than that, well, I think, I don't know. It's like hard to even conceive of. I don't know. Like, what is that like for you? Like, I mean, I can't even like, what is the mental piece of that? I'm dying, you know, like yeah. going, how am I back in this body? You know? Cause like, it was like Kat and I talked about, right? Like we don't have a before state of being thin, you know, like we have a thinner us, you know, but not, not like, you know, a thin person. I get you know what I'm saying. Like, we're just not like we're bigger people, you know, what's that like, like mentally? <laughs> it's, you know, honestly, it's really hard. Um, it's been kind of a hurdle after hurdle of just going to the store, trying on clothes, not having a mental breakdown in the dressing room, like how I used to, uh, picking up a smaller size, understanding that when I order something online, I no longer have to order a double XL or an XL. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, as I approach every single stage of getting to this point it's been just one emotional like comeuppance I would say and then mm-hmm. and, and going on to another you know I'm a huge advocate for going to therapy I have not um insurance issues you know yeah uh, <laughs> which is yeah we you know, a whole other part of this conversation right mm-hmm. oh yeah um, but I would advocate for it because while I consider myself maybe maybe a little bit more mentally and emotionally tough, um, it's not yeah. necessarily for everyone, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, last night me and my husband we went to University of Florida. We went to um, to go see Stevo from Jackass, and I got dressed and took some pictures, and I was like. This I, I I could just grab anything out of my closet. Yeah. Yes. Know that it yes. would look good. Yes. Know <laughs> that it would look good. Know that it would not not that not having to change outfits 12 times because oh, this one makes yeah. me look fat. This one makes mm-hmm. me totally. not feel good about myself. This one's mm-hmm. I can't get this one button today. Yeah, um, girl. Look, you know. Girl. <laughs> yeah. Girl. It's we just it. you know. And the, the biggest, I think, emotional moment that I've had in the past couple of weeks is I went to Lululemon and I oh always gosh. felt I did not deserve mm-hmm. to shop there because I was big. Why would, why would somebody who weighs what I weigh feel like they should be able to shop at a place where the girls weigh what they weigh? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I was for like, sure. and I walked in there, I grabbed a pair of leggings off the sale rack. <laughs> and and walked out and I was like, I feel really good about this. Like this is something I restricted myself yeah. from having for so long that now I have the freedom to get without emotional consequence or yeah, right. feeling unworthy. So totally. I think that that's been the biggest worthiness has been a consistent trend yeah. for me is, is feeling like I deserve this versus you know, especially when, you know, people on, on the TikToks and Instagram, they, you know, come into your DMs and they say, well, you should just do this. It's like, I've tried mm-hmm. that. doesn't yeah. really work. Um, yeah. Medication is meant to medicate and yeah. it needs to be accepted as that. Um, yeah. And, you know, nobody is stealing anything from anyone. Everyone is deserving of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Accessibility is, needs to be universal, but that's again, yeah. another conversation. 
Um, well, it's in this conversation. So luckily, yeah. 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 yeah, it's going to be in this one. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's my story. And it's been, it's been a ride. I mean, I started yeah. posting on TikTok just because there was nobody else talking about it, especially from a PCOS perspective. Yeah. And it really just started as me talking to myself, documenting how I was feeling just so that way I knew I could go back. Even if nobody watched it, I knew I could go back and say, yeah, okay, you have a year's worth of video content that you showed what you were doing. And then it just people resonated with that. Yeah, totally. You know, I think what I heard too, is when you were talking about like almost not feeling worthy and restricting yourself from the type of store that you would go in. And I thought to myself, like diet culture tells us not to just restrict with our food, right? It's, we have to restrict all these other things. We are not worthy or we are not Mm -hmm. capable of being able to handle these other things, you know? And I feel like that, that just sort of like digs into your psyche, you know? And it is, I don't know about you, but for me this past year, it's been really, really hard to pry that out. It's been really hard. You know, at the same time though, Kim, I feel like, I feel like at the same time I was, I'd always been very proud to wear because I yes and it's very exciting that I can wear my cycle bar clothes like when I walk in 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 the boutique to the right I can fit those clothes now however Mm -hmm. I loved my torrid activewear I loved my Lane Bryant activewear like I was it was and never I would always say well you know (laughs) you're lost because I spent a lot of money on activewear so Mm -hmm. middle finger to you deuces (laughs) um yeah because of the massive assumption, right? That that you're not active if you are large. But they put you kind of I just feel like you don't in a box. Yeah. Don't yeah, they do. You know? Yeah. Like I I don't know. I don't I I, it's very interesting to hear everybody likes everyone's perspective. So I I do understand that. But don't I would don't ever feel like you're not worthy to work out, you know. Look that part because because Ashley and from some for the both of us, you know, struggled with late in life or, you know, mm-hmm. a, a later stage, maybe um, yeah. with obesity and other uh, comorbidities. But I don't know. And even for everyone, but especially you, Ashley, do you feel like when you look at pictures from like your previous self, that's the way that I like to say it, uh, like my previous self it's almost like, I feel like that wasn't even me. And oh, you were beautiful in your wedding picture. Just, I just was being nosy. Yeah. Instagram. But you were gorgeous yeah. before and after. Just like, you know. oh, thank you. Yes. Look, um, face card, honey. It's that face card. <laughs> you know, it's. Sorry. Tough questions. I do look at, I do look at, no, I do look at pictures specifically like when I was modeling and I just look at myself and I'm like, how did I, how, well, one, I look at myself too, as being this way was so toxic, um, yeah. you know, and, and the things that I did were definitely not like healthy, sustainable, like the things that I've learned to do. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't recognize her anymore. Really? I was, I was overweight for so, I think yeah. a little bit too long, like in my how mind. Long, how long was too long? Like Ashley, wh- wh- how many years do you think? It, it was seven, seven years total. Until, seven well, years total. Okay. six, like six. I think around year five is when you start to basically only see yourself as how you are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And so only see yourself as how you are. And so I just, 
now, now it's the pictures of a year ago to now, like they're coming up in my memories because I still, I still really enjoyed taking pictures. Like I, I always wanted to kind of at least take some pictures, but coming up and seeing memories from a year ago, two years ago, three years ago and being like, Oh my gosh, I, I see myself in the mirror and I still see that girl. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely like a body dysmorphia aspect of it yeah. because again, that worthiness has played mentally. Right. Um, but okay. the, you've been this way for so long. I don't see myself as any other way now. And so it's, it's now I intentionally take pictures before I leave the house. So I can be like, no, you look good because I still feel self-conscious yeah. going into spaces. Yeah. Um, you know, I still don't necessarily interject in conversation because I don't want to like overwhelm people's presence. Um, it, it's, it's so interesting. And I, I know that there's a lot of people who struggle with it, but it's the, the body dysmorphia factor. Yeah. I think it's just, it's been a long term because I went from this really petite, really skinny, tall girl to mm. a very overweight, tall girl, which is very overbearing. Like I'm five ten. So feeling yeah. like being overweight and then also being tall. Yeah. You feel like a jolly green giant, right? I, I really did. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I felt like, you know, I felt like, you know, I will say fat Albert all the time. <laughs> like yeah. I just felt like I was so filling up a space. Mm. And then now that I'm, you know, smaller again, it's just like people mm-hmm. notice it. I mean, like people notice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been, that's also, you know, the other thing is that now I have friends who saw me back in high school, college, who knew I was thin, they did not see me for years. And then, you know, now I'm on this weight loss journey. And they're like, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you actually got that big. Like I never that never registered. And I'm like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you respond yeah. to that? But also, um, mm-hmm. you know, how, it's, that, it's still that thing. Like I, it wasn't until maybe a month or two ago that I stopped reaching for extra extra larges in the store. I stopped wow. reaching for the biggest size. Yeah, I actually yeah. started going to the dressing room again because I wasn't scared sure. of what was going to happen there. Yeah, um, and it's a cat. Like I, I was so trapped. I feel like in my, in my body dysmorphia from going from skinny to fat. I never allowed myself to go to places like Torrid or Lane Bryant. Or things um, like that. If it did, if H and M could welcome you to the fold, girl. <laughs> I like. I really like. I was. It was one of those things where I didn't want to accept that I needed plus size clothes. Yeah, sure. Like, it's diet want- culture. It's such a thing. Exactly. It's diet culture. It's got us so brainwashed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like For I sure. just didn't want to accept that I had gotten to this point where I needed to shop somewhere else. Somewhere else. Or I yeah. needed to like. And, and I did a video and I think Janine, you resonated with this about shopping at Abercrombie. Yeah. Like I, I worked at Abercrombie. I got, I, and this is, you know, I was picked on campus to work at Abercrombie, stand in the front of the store, welcome people to the store. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, California. So Mission Viejo. Yeah. But like I, um, to go from being that to not even able to be in their size range at that point, because now they've rebranded and they've made everything better. But I also think that working there contributed to my negative body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bet. So a lot of fashion brands did that Mm -hmm. when I worked for Mm -hmm. a major American designer. Um, I worked corporately 
directly mm-hmm. with this person. Mm-hmm. And we received, you know, clothing allowances and things like that. Well, it only went up to a certain size, even though it was a 16, it wasn't like a plus 16. At that time I was smaller, but I completely understand like I'm taking baby steps, especially yeah. when you're maybe in those in-between stages of anyone, you know, being on a weight loss and fat loss journey, because mentally it's almost ingrained that you get the larger size. And Mm -hmm. even this t-shirt is still a large, I probably could have taken a medium, but in my mind, I "Eh." still hear, well, and my mom didn't mean to say it, but my mom's my mom, but she said, Mm -hmm. Scorpio, (laughs) pretty much. We don't mean what we say. (laughs) When she told me, Janine, you need to go up a size because your clothes are starting not to fit. I'll never yeah. forget that. And she didn't mean it yeah. in a bad way. She just didn't it's want just me like, out you know. here looking flicked. You know, yeah, so for sure. I completely get it. But at the same token, so it's like taking baby steps. So like is, I yeah. go to Target and I'm like, okay, you know, I can get this. Let me try it on. And it's almost like you're in that in-between phase of you're not small, but you're not plus. So yeah. where do I fit? I We're mid-size. We're mid-size. mid-size. That's what I hear. Like, like a beautiful mid-size, mid-size sedan. <laughs> Get it. We're mid-size. That's me. That's me all day. Um, all day. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting too, because I worked at another clothing brand kind of as I was gaining this weight. Mm-hmm. And so that was also hard because the clothes that I had to wear to work mm-hmm. were starting to get tighter and tighter and tighter yeah. and not fit. And then I'd be buying more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And even, and even more interestingly, I have a really hard time investing into clothes. So mm-hmm. like, I used to wear like, I mean, I used to buy like Michael Kors tops, like all this stuff, like back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. I will shop on Shein now because I don't want to invest in clothes for my body. Because I don't, again, that worthiness, like, am I going to be able to maintain this? Am I going to still be here? Yeah. I mean, do I want to spend $80 on a top that? Yes. And, you know, <laughs> like, it's, I mean, I do, I do. But like I end up finding find that I'm spending money on like things that have nothing to do with my body, like yeah. um, shoes, because yeah. my foot, my foot size has never changed. Shoes always fit. Yeah. Perfume, jewelry, mm-hmm. like things like that. But like when it comes to my clothes, I still feel like, okay, why am I going to spend $80 on this when who knows what tomorrow holds? Like yeah. I, I, I still yeah. am having a hard time believing that I'm going to stay sure. and maintain and be this for a long time. And I think that that's going to be like, it would probably take me another year maybe to come around to this fact. I mean, I, I'm still yeah. an old Navy girly. I, I, I don't yeah. mind. Shop- I'm, I love shopping at old Navy, but um, I still have not been able to bring myself to go upstairs at Nordstrom and look at the clothes. Yeah. So, I get that. Wow. That's so interesting. And are you now in maintenance mode? Is that where you kind of are? No, um, I'm still technically trying to lose another 14 pounds, but my persistence or my, you know, desire is not as high as it was 20 pounds ago. I'm kind of in this, like, I'm really happy with where I am. If I lose 
15 more, great. If I don't, I'm still okay with that. Um, I think maybe losing five more would be ideal for me. Uh, Well, probably closer to like eight to get to just 170 and be done. Um, But again, like the journey to get there, I'm not in like a weight loss mode. Like I'm not. Yeah. The past month, I would say I have not been hitting my protein goal every day. I have not been drinking a lot of water. I have. I know I've been falling short too. I totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) I have, you know, prioritized other things going to the gym. I started my own business. So that's been like a whole other thing. But I have just, you know, again, it's allowed me the freedom to Mm -hmm. be able to step away from the healthy things, the things that I know I should be doing to lose weight and being okay with just being how I am. Um, but I, I probably will enter maintenance by Christmas. Yeah. I want to get through the holiday season and then See, go into maintenance. I get that. It's like, that's the diet culture. <laughs> I know I'll gain five to 10 pounds, like during the whole, you know, See, like, like it, you know, you're like, I know, yeah, you know, your foot off the gas for a little while. Right. We're in Q4. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, really? I think turkey. all we got is gas. <laughs> More turkey, all the drinking and here comes yeah. January. <laughs> I think I honestly, get it. I like, get it. I, get it. I prepared myself every year to gain like 10 or 15 pounds during yeah. November and December. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Me too. And Always. So, I don't even, I mean, know. I quit, I gave up, I quit doing new year's resolutions and I, I like you struggled with, uh, I had two miscarriages. So again, trigger warning for <laughs> too late. Um, but, uh, um, I had, I had two miscarriages and the doctor's like, mm, we don't really know. We don't really know. Mm, seems okay. Mm, you yeah, think you're fine. And, and then eventually like on a, crazy thing because my cycle got off, ended up pregnant with my son, never able to get pregnant again. Every time I talked to the doc, I had all the PCOS symptoms. Every time I talked to them, I'm like, well, it's cause you're, cause of your weight. You whore, at, you whore, you store at, <laughs> you whore out, <laughs> you whore, <laughs> you store, um, estrogen in your fat. So because of that, that like you just need to lose weight and everything will work out. Nobody ever did any test to look. And I do, I did, I had, um, cyst in my ovaries because when they were doing the ultrasound, when I was, you know, like the pre ones, you know, Mm -hmm. they would, they would see them and, um, and they could see them on there, but nobody was like, oh, there's a whole bunch of them or anything like that. But I do have them. And I also have pain like three weeks out of a month, horrible pain. And I thought it was normal. And when I asked my doctor about it, he, that's what he, that was the reason that he gave me because he's a doctor. I was like, Oh, well, I guess I shouldn't question it. Oh, I guess it's fine. You know? And what would have happened if I had, and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to through this, let other people hear that, you know, Mm -hmm. like we should be as much as our doctors know, they don't know everything and they don't know our body better than we do, you know? And I think a certain amount of advocacy is really important. And I'm hoping that that comes across to people because I feel like my life would look very different now. And I probably would have had another child if I had pushed more. Um, And I didn't, they just blew me off because I was fat. Well, you don't know what you don't know. Like you don't yeah, know yeah. what you don't know. And if they're not yeah. going to be honest with you, then it's yeah. hard for you to even advocate for yourself. Like, yeah. honestly, I should have known that I needed to be careful. Probably when I, I mean, I got my period late. I was mm-hmm. like 13, 14 when I had my first yeah. cycle. I would get maybe one to two periods a year. Yeah. Wow. That's and and sometimes crazy. for like a month at a time. And, you know, yeah. going to an OB when you're a teenager, yeah. you know, you don't really... You don't think anything of it. You know, you really are just like, oh, it's whatever. Everybody kind of goes through this. Um, And hindsight is that, yeah, I should have 
it should have been documented pretty yeah. early on that I was having very irregular cycles, very painful cycles, like buckled yeah. over. Um, even even into adulthood, like appear, I think maybe too, like I've gotten used to the pain, yeah. so I don't probably complain about it as much. Yeah, for but sure. But I'm sure uh, that if I were to put my pain into somebody else's body, they'd be like, "This is your baseline." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I totally relate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it like, do you feel like it's better? Like in terms of the symptoms PCOS since you've been on, um, semaglutide? A hundred percent. So I hadn't had a period in a year and a half, um, from before I started semaglutide. And then in December, I got my first period and I've had a period every single month on the pill pack because I am on birth control. I was on birth control still. Mm -hmm. When those sugar pills came, I was, I was on my cycle and that had never happened I mean, since I got on birth control, what, 15 years ago, right? Um, never has happened. And so, yeah, I mean, I noticed a huge difference and um, it's just, it's crazy. It, I really wish that there, I mean, obviously we know now that PCOS really doesn't get any type of funding. Nobody wants to admit that yeah. PCOS is an issue, um, right. but more and more and more women are getting diagnosed with PCOS because I think there's more advocacy and education and definitely yeah. doing the work on TikTok. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the, I've, I've had so many girls on my DMs being like, I'm having the same symptoms that you are. Should I go talk to my doctor about potentially having PCOS? I'm like, yeah. I mean, what do you have to lose? Have them take a blood, you know, do blood work, see where your testosterone is at, have them do an ultrasound, mm-hmm. advocate yeah. for yourself on these things that I wish I would have that I know now. And honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Kim, whereas like, had I known earlier, would I have had more children? Probably. But now I'm like, kind of traumatized. Yeah, I'm totally traumatized. Yeah, the whole child process, like, and like, miscarriages are brutal. They're brutal. Like, I went in for a normal appointment. Well, I I knew that I was having a miscarriage, but I went in for a checkup to see if like everything had kind of gone. And they were like, Nope, you can't leave. We're booking you for emergency surgery because oh I was starting to go like I was starting to get an infection. So yeah. again, you know, people are always telling me like, mm-hmm. oh, you should always have another. You should give him a sibling. I'm like, but the trauma the of trauma. potentially having another miscarriage, but so also bad. taking fertility medication, tracking yeah. your ovulation, doing all like all of these things that you need to do yeah. to get pregnant, like because it wouldn't just happen, right? No, it does not just happen. Yeah, it's just yeah. not. It's not something I am interested in putting myself through just totally. for what the satisfaction of my child having a sibling. Like, yeah. look at it this way. You'll me. be able to help him go to college without loans, maybe because he only got one. Hey, okay. actually his, right. his, college, his, college, vacations. his college is paid for by the U S government. Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Cause my husband yeah. was in the military. Oh, nice. um, and honestly, he, we, we travel the world. I mean, cause we yeah. can do so. We go to Disney once a month and oh I tell him all the time. I'm nice. like, if, if, if you had a sibling, yeah, you know, I we would have to take a break. We have to take a break from Disney. If we go, if you had a sibling, we wouldn't Only be able to go to the Dominican. <laughs> Only child here. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it so, though. Like I have that thing too. Like, and people who say that to me don't know what I've been through either. Like same mm-hmm. with like how you are, you know, it's like, and I don't think we talk about the miscarriage thing enough because it's so traumatic, you know, and we want to just kind of move on, I think, and get through it. But, you know, it's, it's, and they're like, oh, people say, oh, like 50% of pregnancies, you know, they end in miscarriage. And we like know those, those stats and stuff, but it's like, 
this was like, mine was very different. Like, especially my second one, it was very rare. Like I, I went, um, you know, I went, I went like you to go get my checkup. Um, mm -hmm. and I had, I had, I had miscarried weeks ago and I had been yeah. asking the doctor, I knew I had been asking the doctor, I really think I need an ultrasound. Something is up. I know. And they're like, no, you're just traumatized from the first time. No, I wasn't. And they didn't you listen know to your me. body. You know, I know your my body. body. Yeah. And I, I ended up getting a fetal Doppler that I, I would too. do every yeah. night to make sure that like little Logan it's was okay. Terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible. I mean, I, I literally hoarded myself in the house. I didn't want to leave. Yep. I just yep. sat on the couch. I was like, basically put myself on voluntary bed rest because I yeah. was like, I don't want anything bad to happen because I yeah. truly don't think I could go through it again. No, I, 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 I have said that many, many times is I can't do it again. And then when my husband and I were going to see, cause we went every two weeks, once my son I was pregnant with my son, we would go every two weeks and we were walking out the door and I knew this was the one I knew this was as far as I'd ever gotten. And it was for our nine week and we were going no 10 week and we were going. And I looked at him when I was born, I went, this is it for me. I can't do it again. And he goes, okay. If it, if it doesn't yeah. work out. Okay. And it, you know, it did work out. And my gut did always tell me that this one was the, that he was going to work out. And I, yeah. that it was all because my cycle turned off because I went to, or, or totally switched and extended and everything landed like it should. Cause I went to Hawaii and swam with sea turtles. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not turtles, but but that I'm big. telling you there is, it changed my cycle and it made it all happen. And I've, Maybe I should go back to Hawaii. No, it's too late now. I'm old. <laughs> Just kidding. Go to Jekyll, go to Jekyll Island. Can, Maybe. Can, that's right. The turtles, that's the turtles release. You can see the turtles release. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be fun. Anyway. But yeah, I wish I, I'm glad we talked about this because I don't think we talk about infertility enough um, because I feel like it's it. I don't think we talk about it enough and I think we should. So I'm really yeah. glad that we, that we discussed it today. And especially yeah. like in, in before we, we move forward, but like, especially yeah. with overweight women. I'm in a PCOS yes. um, fertility group right now. And granted, I my input is hindsight, right? So sure. that's what I contribute. But I mean, there's so many women who are like, my doctor said that they won't help me with fertility treatments because I'm 300 pounds. And yeah. but, but, they're, but they're like, mm -hmm. my blood work is great. And like, I'm, I'm I work out and like, I'm and now like the whole conversation is like, do I get on GLP one medication, lose the weight and then get off just to just to get pregnant? And yeah. I feel like, and that's something that the community hasn't talked about because we haven't had a GLP one baby, right? Like, so we don't. Oh no, I've seen some. I've seen some of them on well, Facebook. Only yeah. like three, really? but still, yeah. Hey, they're like not in Facebook it. groups like that. I, I know. They're but like I think a side effect of Manjaro, early. and it's an ultrasound. Yeah. yeah. Let me well, tell you because I, I'm glad. There's a few. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm taking my childless life. It was a devastating, <laughs> you know, moment. In my life, but of course, and there was a time I was like, enough, I'm not spending five grand every month on this. Nope, yeah, yeah. yeah, we got too many school loans to pay off. Nope. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I can't pay my school loans. How am I gonna put? Nope, you know what? Yeah, let's go to France. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm what you know, get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> had a there you go. Yeah, she did. And, she and I think that that needs to be part of the conversation too. Like, Me nope, too. you don't need to have kids. No, like having a childless life is equally as fulfilling. I'm embracing it, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, me too. Me Being too. a mom, write, write your name. Hard. It's it exhausting. Is. It is <laughs> like it is not for the weak. It is not for the no, hardest. Like it is just not like. And also, you know, 
I see, I have, fr- I have friends who are still single living their life mm-hmm. my age. And I'm just like, I, ca- I can't just leave. Like I can't just yeah. go to France. I, I have yeah. to plan. I have to get passports. I got to get vaccines. <laughs> sure. I got to like, just go to London, Jernane. Got to pack the house, <laughs> you know? Great um, yeah. And she and, just goes wherever, whenever she and, wants. She yeah. Her Delta. See, and, and I, I need to get on, I need to get on your sky models, my friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, and and you're right, because there there are even some of my coworkers who now tell the younger flight attendants, hey, enjoy, go travel the world when you can just like say on a Thursday night, oh, I think I want to catch the nine o'clock to London and you're gone. And yeah, and that's why we're laughing, because literally, I think like it was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to London um, and then I'm going to um, catch the train over to Paris. And it's just like normal to me, <laughs> you know? And, but, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It like, is awesome. I, but it was like sh- the charmed life she must lead, you know? <laughs> and like Kat, she went to Nice and like, exactly. here I am in Atlanta. Like I'm in the burbs in Atlanta and they're just like off living this like She's amazing life. And, France. But oh. like our lives are equally amazing in different ways, but you don't have to have a child if you don't want to, you know, for whatever reason you don't, you don't want to, can't, whatever it is. Like I have many friends that um, struggle with infertility and they didn't have kids, you know, and, and they're plenty happy with their lives. They have rich, full lives. I, I don't like as women that we're told that we have to have that. I, I knew I wanted to have kids. Um, but and like, I do wish I had, I do wish I had had one more because it's harder when they get older because every day it's like, I feel a little bit less like a mom. Like, I know I am. I'm just trying to transitioning into a new one, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it has been interesting on this journey. And I don't know if you felt this way, Ashley, but like, I used to just like be like live for my kid. Like every morning I would wake up and be like, what do I have to look forward to today? And it was always him was the answer. And so I got out of bed, you know, and now I get up and I think about myself, not just yes. him. And that has been really cool because like as much as I love him and adore him and there's nothing I love more than being a mother, I I really do love it. You know, at the same time, it will eventually come to a halt. He just isn't going to need me as much and he's not going to want me as much either because he's going to have a life and adventures and I want that for him. And I think that I deserve a full life too. And I think I deserve a rich life too. So it's been interesting to get there mentally because I never could before. You know, and the medicine really does. It's crazy. Like just the whole journey and the unwinding of all the mental yeah. stuff, you know, and the yeah. anxiety, like I used yes. to have just crazy anxiety over Same. everything, especially when it came to him. I yes. would, you know, I had the kidnapping fear. I had the, this fear. I had the, this fear again, like, I'm like you, like I would wake up yeah. in the morning only focused on him yeah, because he needed me. And that, yeah. I mean, it's probably, I mean, it definitely probably has affected, you know, my marriage, you probably asked my husband, and he'd probably be like, yeah, you know, I was on the wayside. Because I think that I instead of being because I couldn't channel enough positive energy into myself, because I really didn't love myself. I I doubled all my love into him. Yeah, totally. That's so true. It's easier to push it into them. Into them. And then, and I feel like now that I'm finding my way and loving myself, I've become such a better mom. Yeah. Because we, we have adventures, we have, you know, we we're doing things that I just felt restricted from before. Yeah, um, totally. We're, we're enjoying memories a lot more. I have more energy to do all the things that I want to do with him. 
but also he is seeing me pursue some pursue things that make me happy. Um, you know, it's a great lesson. I, I took sure. a huge leap of starting my own business. Like I never thought that that would be in the cards for me. Right. But yeah, GLP one gave me that. And I, I think yeah. it's just giving me freedom, not just like freedom from food, but freedom of like holding myself back because I, again, that worthiness, I felt like I yeah. didn't deserve it. No shrinking. Yeah. No shrinking. Exactly. That's what Kat it's, always says. No more shrinking. It, you know what Kat says that Kim talks about this and Kim really kind of opened my eyes to this and maybe this is, you know, eventually a segue to our doctor, but you all yeah. talk about, and I think I experienced it too a little, a little bit, yeah. um, anxiety. And I think we sure. see that a lot, especially with the quote unquote so movies, you know, and mm. it can just be from anything, but because this is, you know, we're cracking the code to obesity and other comorbidities, yeah. we'll just keep it in that space. But, sure. but why do you think many of us deal with so much anxiety? Be, yeah. Especially if you're dealing with, you know, obesity or other comorbidities related to obesity, metabolic disorders. And I've always asked myself that, but of course I've never had the answer because, but I'm like, yeah. I wonder why it's so much anxiety of, yeah. well, I'm afraid to start it. Well, I don't know. And it's just like fear. Yeah. And yes. it's like now, since we're like dealing and dealing with different traumas and totally. talking it out and GLP ones have helped and you're on, you're not completely on the other side, but you can look back and see from whence you've come yeah. and you see people like that. And it's like, what can we say to mm -hmm. lessen the anxiety or like the obsessiveness of right. IE weighing myself every day. And if yeah. I get, Oh my gosh. And it's like, yeah. Do you yeah. realize how you, you know, what that sounds like? And, and, right. it's not, and, and it's not a slight, but it's just something that my Virgo mind thinks. And I'm just sure. like, hmm, you know, yeah. and, I, and I wonder just what the correlation could possibly be. Well, gonna have a I think it's a really good segue. Said, <laughs> yeah, it's a great segue. Yeah. Because um, depression and anxiety are always, if, I'm not a, uh, an expert on this, but you're not my psychiatrist. I thought you were everything hurts. Cat. You're not right? an expert. <laughs> That's hurt. Um, depression and anxiety kind of live along the same street sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, said, I, the, you know, yeah. a lot of the, what is it? The side of the depression is like a lot of the, the roots mm -hmm. or that lives along the, the same and trauma. Yeah. 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 So, totally. Yeah. I totally agree. And, um, I think, uh, no, I wonder I'm, why. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm so smart. I um I agree. And like I for me, I've been working through that too. And I can't wait to talk to Dr. Tumor about it. We'll bring her in. I know. But like I I part of me is like, is it because is it because like I'm gonna viscerally, I was never satisfied. And because I was never satisfied, satisfied, I was always scared of what would be. Like, is that, and that, that did something to my brain because I just didn't know and I just didn't understand. And I just, because once I got to a level of being satisfied, I just sort of had a general feeling like it's cool. I'm okay. Like mm -hmm. I have enough food. I'm okay. Like there was just a certain level of like biology that was affected. And I've just been in a much better state in general, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, like something like that. Speaking of. Speaking of tumor, let's invite her on, eh? <laughs> Ashley, we would love for you to stay with us. We tend to talk a lot with Dr. Tumor. So if you need to go, you just let us know. <laughs>
Dr. Tumor. How you doing? Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Well enough. Yes. Okay. Welcome yes. back to the Plus Sides Podcast. We're so glad to have I'll you. Start singing George Clinton and singing. Let's get satisfied. Let's get satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Always pop culture reference from Kat. No, Kat I just love George Clinton. JT always can pick it right up. But hello, we're so glad to have you. Um, I, I, I feel like we're probably just going to flow in this conversation because that's how you roll. <laughs> um, but I would love for people that don't know you. And um, if you guys haven't seen um, episode eight with Dr. Tumor, it's called um, Foodie or Food Noise. Please check it out. Um, but I am so glad to have you back. But people that don't know you, can you please tell them who you are and how you help people? Well, yeah. um, I am Dr. Catherine Tumor and I'm a family medicine and community health physician. And um, I actually have uh, founded a couple of different things that are around weight, but now weight health is the core of what I do. And um, what I do is I just use a biopsychosocial approach to finding out why people gain weight. It's not about weight loss. It's actually because there's always an underlying reason and weight is simply a symptom of something else. And so what I do is I look for that something else and yeah. go after it. And, and because of that, um, I have n never worked with anyone who hasn't lost weight because there's always, yeah. a reason. always a reason. Yeah. Like always a root cause. There's always a root cause. Weight yeah. in, in and of itself is nothing. Yeah. It's a number on a scale. Totally. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the, it, the, it, what we're looking for is why has your body become so efficient at making fat out of what you eat? Mm. You know, this is Ooh, genetic. Gonna, that's Some a short genetic. Right you're predisposed, but you're, gen you're predisposed yeah. genetically, but you're in an environment. There's something that triggered that genetic yeah. code. And so it's our job to find out what that trigger was and then yeah. reverse it. And, I love it. And it's, and it's hormonal. Um, Nine times out of 10, it's hormonal. Um, sometimes it's behavioral. Sometimes a kind of combination of the two, you know, hormones affect our behavior and then our behavior affects our hormones. So yeah. it's like a vicious cycle and you just got to find the right spot to hit that cycle to break it. And yeah. so I, I kind of call it like the golden combination. And yeah. it's like this combination that everyone has and everyone is different where they just hit that spot. And suddenly it's like your body just clicks and say, okay, I give up. I'm not going to fight you anymore. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like about every 20 pounds, my body's like. Mm -hmm. It resets. It does reset. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually it releases. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. Now I know um, if people haven't seen episode eight, by the way, go watch it, go watch it. Um, but Dr. Tumor, you are also a community member. You know, so um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your GLP-1 journey. Um, well, my GLP-1 journey actually started over 20 years ago. I was not a GLP-1, but it kind of led to where I am now. And I was someone, I'm from a family, we have a, a very, very strong connection to diabetes. And so um, I... So it didn't take much for my body to get pushed into diabetes. And yeah. so stress, med school, residency, two babies in three years, marriage, and, you know, turned around and I was, you know, 
over 200 pounds, I'm five feet tall, and was athletic. So I never really paid much attention to food, didn't pay much attention to anything. Cause I was like, I ate whatever I wanted and I kept yeah. doing that. Um, but um, my body responded to stress very adversely. And so I was just getting pushed farther and farther and farther into diabetes and I ended up on insulin. Um, insulin in and of itself is toxic. So when you take insulin, it really starts a vicious cycle. It makes yeah. your weight go up, your weight goes up, makes your diabetes worse, and it just starts this really nasty cycle. And that's where I was. And so when I had my last daughter, uh, a month after she was born, I went into congestive heart failure, which was misdiagnosed uh, because my symptoms were blamed on my obesity. I knew something was wrong. I was tired. I was more short of breath than I should have been. I was swollen. My ankles were like three times their normal size. And um, and actually went to an intensivist because I'm like, okay, if anyone's going to find something, it's going to be someone who job it is to really go in and find detailed things within the body. What is that, Dr. Tumor? I'm sorry. What is an intensivist? An intensivist. So it's like you have your you have your general uh, physicians, like you're like, like I'm family medicine. So I'm a primary care physician. And then you have people who are intensivists who really go in, who find the more serious of whatever diseases are present. So they often work in hospitals. They're often out of hospitals. Um, and since I was, you know, in the hospital working in that particular hospital, I knew all the physicians there. I just picked the one that I felt would be the most likely to be able to find what was going on. Um, and he uh, basically said, you know, he just had a baby, you're 200 plus pounds and you're five feet. What do you expect? Of course you're tired. Yeah. Um, and two weeks later, I was rushed to the hospital with an ejection fraction of 15%. So basically what that means is when my heart would fill up with blood, only 15% of that blood would then go out for the rest of my body. My um, gosh. Yeah. Um, most women who have the degree of heart failure that I had, don't survive it. It's a very high mortality rate. And I knew this. I was scared out of my mind. And then um, of those who survive, usually half of those need a heart transplant. Wow. And then of those who don't need a uh, heart transplant, half of those go on and get better. And then others stay on medication for the rest of their lives. And I fall into that group, that category. So I take a lot of medication to keep my heart working. Like it's supposed wow. to, but uh, at the time I was told I had a 50% chance of living five years. That was 22 years ago. I just had my 58th birthday. So, yeah. I, um, you know, I, awesome. which at, there was a, a long time. I did not expect that. I um, and so I, um, so essentially what happened, I couldn't, I wanted, I knew I needed help losing weight. I asked for help. I asked my doctors. Everyone kept saying, your heart, you're too high risk. We're not going to touch you. And so my husband, who's also a physician, he and I just basically were like, let's just go back to the basics. We know the biochemistry. We know the microbiology. We know, let's just go back to the basics and just figure it out on our own. And this was before the days of ketogenic diet. So essentially what we ended up coming up with was a ketogenic diet, except it was modified. Um, I've never been one who thinks it's a good idea to go into ketosis. It's like in medicine, you always avoid it at all costs. So, um, so when what we ended up doing was um, creating a high protein, low carbohydrate 
um, diet. I could not exercise, so it had to be through food. And mm -hmm. so I initially lost 60 pounds. My heart started getting better almost immediately. And then years later, and I, I was able to get off insulin. So of course that started the cycle the other direction. But then what happened um, over time, as I got older, my diabetes started creeping in again. Yeah. And it became harder and harder for me to control it with diet. I was able to exercise a little bit later on building muscle. I still don't do a lot of cardiovascular exercise, but I do. I, I love muscle work. Um, and so, um, and then my heart was functioning normally. And then I was hiking in the North Carolina Hills and I got a call from my cardiologist and he said, sit down. And I was like, what? He goes, I just got your echocardiogram results back. And my heart function had halved, was half of what it was. And I didn't feel it, still don't feel it. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm traveling right now to see my cardiologist because he lives in, a, he's in another city from where I am. Um, and so that's why I'm doing this from a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I, I um, and so he was like, we've got to do something to stop your heart from deteriorating anymore because otherwise you're going to need a transplant. And, yeah. um, and so I, um, so he put me on a GLP-1 because we know, we knew that we always knew that blood sugar is very toxic. Blood sugar that triggers insulin production in the body is even more toxic. So the best way to protect your organs in a diabetic is to make sure your blood sugars are really well controlled. And even when they're controlled, there's still um, a lot of underlying pathology that goes on. It's yeah. like our body just decides, you know what, you're just, I'm going to fight you now. So pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so I was put on a GLP one, I was put on Victoza way back. No one. Yeah. Um, what year was that? This was in 2012. Yeah. Right. When it came out then. Yeah. Yeah. 12, 13. It, um, and it came out a little bit before that, but, um, yeah. and then I, my weight dropped a little and I was like, I was fine with that. I was like, okay. Um, yeah. I've always felt my strongest with my, when my BMI is around 28, 29. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I like to sit. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but then my weight dropped. Then um, Ozempic came out. And the only reason I switched to Ozempic was because a drug rep came by and gave me samples. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let me see what this is, you know? So I tried it. And then, but the thing that happened though, my weight dropped so rapidly that um, all my doctors, including myself, my husband, all yeah. of us thought something was wrong. I had a full cancer workup. Yeah. I lost like I've heard that about pounds. so many diabetics. I, I, I mean, I went, yeah. I lost 45 pounds in under three months. Oh my it gosh. Madness. And I just, and I'm sitting here like, I couldn't, and I, and I was like, what the heck's happening? I couldn't eat enough to keep my weight up. Yeah. I was eating everything I could get my hands on while <sighs> forcing myself to eat, really. Um, I was worried yeah. about muscle wasting. Um, but I knew that is long, but I knew the only reason my weight was dropping was because something was being treated. So I didn't want to stop it. Yeah. Cause I was like, you know, whatever it is that made my weight drop is now being controlled by this medication. Yeah. And so I stayed on it. I hated the weight loss though. Um, and I know that, you know, 
sounds a bit blasphemous, but for me, um, I just feel stronger when I have more weight on me. And yeah. just, I, just how I've always felt. I was always athletic and very muscular, so I was always a little bit larger anyway. Sure. Um, and then um, and then when Manjaro came out, same thing. Rep came around, had some samples. I tried out yeah. like, what? <laughs> the thing that I found with Manjaro, though, is my moves. When I first started uh, on my weight loss journey, I realized that my depression was keeping me from being able to do anything. My motivation yeah. was like in the toilet. Yeah. Hmm. And, um, and so I, the first thing I did was treat my depression. Mm. But I found that over there's times when, you know, depression, like with most things, it kind of up, goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Yeah. Um, and so when I started Manjaro, that all stopped. I had no fluctuation in my moods at yeah. all. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, everyone's like, what are you on? <laughs> it was like, I went from wanting to isolate myself from certain times of the year to, you know, not wanting to, to, to be around people. And, you know, some of that, some of Virgo too. Yeah, I know I'm a loner, but at the same time, you know, that, and so my children would, you know, they, they would know that I wouldn't get out of bed. There were just days yeah. I just wouldn't get out of bed. I was lucky if I showered, you know, I think I did. A, in fact, I posted on TikTok. Um, because one of the things I, I started on TikTok and was really said putting out videos and then all yeah. of a sudden stopped. Mm -hmm. And basically what I do when I start feeling myself sinking, I pull myself out of social media. Yeah. And so what I did, but, um, but I found that as my Manjaro dose went up, that's kept, that stopped. It just stopped. Yeah. And so, um, and so I'm, I will stay on it. I, my coupon has more, uh, run out. My yeah. insurance pays for some of it. I am fortunate that I can afford to pay for it. It pisses me off every yeah. single day because I know, I mean, there's just no way that people who need this can afford what yeah. it costs. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I totally agree. It's, it's almost like we've created this, COVID really showed the cracks. Yeah, it did. But yes. our, the GLP-1s have made that crack a lot wider. It's so yeah. obvious, the haves and the have-nots. And it's almost as if um, we already have a culture in the, in, you know, the United States where thinness has currency. And now we're telling people, well, you're newly rich. I'm old rich. Sure. I, you know, like, and then you have the other saying, well, I have, well, I'm not giving it. I don't want you to have it because, yeah. you know, then my wealth doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because like the number one question I've been getting lately is how do you, how does everybody afford this? How is yeah. everybody paying for this? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, and you just, you know, you, I don't know what you, there's no good answer, right? There isn't. Um, so one of the things that helps is compound pharmacies, the good ones. Yep. Um, if you have a good one, <laughs> um, if you don't have a good one, um, yeah. they're dangerous. Yeah. Um, they're dangerous or ineffective. Hopefully yeah. they're just ineffective. Yeah. And then 
but of course, then that just feeds right into that whole feeling of failure. That yeah. all mm-hmm. that feeling of yeah. shame that we've all internalized. That feeling what I've done to myself now. Exactly. I feel like that is such a common thing I hear. And that's exactly how I felt when the food noise went away and I thought I had a stroke. Yep. Because it went away. It was so drastic. It was like I could hear a pin drop. It was that quiet. Yeah. And I literally wow. was like, I what have I done to myself now? And it and takes desperation a while. to lose weight. Mm, it yeah. takes a little while before it becomes your new normal. Yeah. And so, and even Definitely. then, there's still that nagging voice in your head. This isn't real. This isn't real. It's all going to go away. That's the little smash. Yeah. You totally. Know? And especially when you've got this other, you've got these militants out there. We don't want you to have it. We don't want, you're taking it away from diabetics. You're taking it yeah. away from the And I'm like, I am a diabetic. So now what? Yeah. My thing I is know. Look, I have been prescribing these medications for years. Yeah. Nobody gave a damn Nobody when cared. diabetics were losing weight on it. That's how we knew it caused weight loss. Yeah. I remember starting using Victoza and thinking, whoa, what the heck? And yeah. then, of course, then Sixenda came out. How do yeah. you think they knew that? Because well, and like losing weight. I, I got put on metformin for my PCOS. Nobody yeah. had a comment then. Nobody no, said no, anything about no. metformin then, mm-hmm. except for the fact that I was extremely ill all the time. Yeah. yeah. And metformin because is great trash. one of those great trash. Trick to it, but um what does metformin do? It it really has the GI side effects of metformin are horrible. Yes. There's yeah. a trick to it. You you have to take it on a full stomach. One mm. and, and split the dose. No matter what your doctor puts you on, if you have any type of side effects, just take half in, in, the, in breakfast and half with dinner. Otherwise, See, and I was told to take it on an empty yeah. stomach. Yeah, that's crazy. Because it gives diarrhea. So that's why yeah. I was dying. Wow. Part of me wants a little bit of that every now and then when I get backed up on a GOP one, though. I full stomach all the time. If I forget wow. and take it on an empty stomach, oh my gosh. Well, I yeah. was, I my side effect was throwing up. I could yeah. not keep anything oh down. I like I. I mean, again, trigger warning yeah. on the word, but like I had borderline bulimia because I could yeah. not keep yeah. anything down, and exactly. I started gaining weight. And I started and so gaining what? weight. I gained like thirty pounds, growing up every day. The beautiful wow. thing about metformin, though, it also drop, drops androgen levels, so it drops your testosterone. So that's why mm-hmm. people like when when you have someone with PCOS who get puts on a GLP one it's really important not to take them off of metformin. And the problem is, is that a lot of doctors are like, well, if I have you on a GLP-1, you don't need your metformin anymore, but they're doing two different things. And so, and there's, and they're like, well, we don't want your blood sugars to drop too low. That doesn't happen. One of the reasons that we love metformin when it first came out, I'm old enough to remember when it first came (laughs) out, um, when it first came out was that it does not drop your blood sugars too low. GLP-1s do not drop your blood sugars too low. They're, it's glucose dependent. So if your yeah. glucose isn't there, it stops working. Yeah. And again, the only reason it does work is if there's glucose dysregulation. So when people keep saying people are, it's skinny people taking it to get skinnier, that's not even possible. Yeah. It's If they're doing that, it's a placebo effect or it's they're only getting full quicker because that's the yeah. only thing that it will do for anyone. But that's glucagon. Our body makes glucagon anyway. And we yeah. already know that's what it does. It slows your gut motility. Yeah. And so that might have people. But I mean, we're talking 
three, four pounds. We're not talking anything major. Yeah, so totally. Anyone dropping is because there's an underlying glucose issue. Say goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to Iveam, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. Iveam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessibility programs.